0: Alright, so welcome to today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. Today's episode is a preview of the 2021 Major League Baseball season. And on today's podcast episode, I have three guests on my show. My good friends, Jonathan Schott, McGregor Weingart, and Nick Isidore. Zach, gentlemen, how are how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. It's good to be here.
0: That's good. Great. Wonderful. Really, really great,
2: Jerry. Thanks for
0: having us. Nah, not a problem. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It's all mine, honestly. You know, I am glad that each of you could come onto this episode and talk. You know, we all love baseball, so hopefully we have a good discussion here. So, first things first, I want to begin off on talking about new faces and new places because obviously a lot of transactions happened in the free agency period and in the off season. Uh, so I want to start out with the move that each of us was most excited about. And I'll start with you, John.
2: All right. Well, this is going to sound probably pretty silly and you're going to laugh at me, but I think the biggest off season splash is the White Sox hiring Tony La Russa as their manager, right? So, not only does he have tons of experience, but they literally pulled a Hall of Famer out to take over the club. Um, I think it's good. Tony Larusa is an amazing manager; always has been. What's really funny about it is that he's now the oldest manager in the league. And when he started with the White Sox way back when, when I was a little, I was well, I wasn't even born, um, but he was the youngest manager in the league. But it's it's good. I like Larusa. I think he's good, uh, and it's going to make up for. Um, Core decision making at the end of the season and in postseason stuff with uh, Rick
0: Renteria. Okay, no, I see. I, I like I like that move. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I found that move to be surprising. To be honest, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, Tony La Russa is in his 70s. He hasn't managed in in 10 years now. Last managing the 2011 World Series champion Cardinals. Uh, the move was criticized by a lot of people because they just saw it as Jerry Reinsdorf making amends for firing La Russa all those years ago. But I, I'm go- i intrigued to see how he handles uh, the team, especially since the game has changed a lot since he last managed even 10 years ago and with how old school he is as well. But I think, w- I think he has a great roster and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in terms of managing them. Now I'll move on to I'll move on to Nick. What move excited you the most, uh, sir?
3: Oh wow! To be honest, I was going to pull a fast one and say Tony Larusa, but for the other reason, um, originally I was going to say um, Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals. But I thought I'd try to throw a curveball in there and name a manager. But John B to it. Um, I was excited that Tony Larusa was actually going to go into Chicago and ruin the White Sox, but. Um, not going to that because we already covered Chicago a little bit off there um, I'm going to say Nolan Arenado with the Cardinals I mean he's a superstar um, just going to a team that I like the Cardinals uh, not my favorite team but I'd rather them win than their Cubs at this point um, everyone knows uh, they beat Indians a couple of years ago so not too happy about them so hopefully the Cardinals uh, Arnado kind of puts more of the uh, hump I guess and takes them to the promised land
0: All right, that's fair. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah, I know know Nolan Arenado. Like, he wanted out of Colorado. I'm I was shocked when he went to the Cards. I'm not gonna lie. And what really shocked me about the trade is that the amount of salary that like the Cards are paying, like they're paying practically nothing. The Rockies are actually paying like the majority of that salary, which is just crazy. And. It just goes to show that, like, it just goes to show, like, the tale of those two franchises. Like, the Colorado Rockies, like, really don't have a sense of direction, and the St. Louis Cardinals are trying to be content, like, you know, just improve their status as contenders. Um, so, with that being said, there, I'll move on to McGregor and uh, what move excited him the most.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm surprised no one has said it already. Trevor Bauer to the Dodgers. I think, you know, it's awesome to hear him. He- Clearly wants to win, um, and and watching all the moves, I, you know he was between the Mets and the Dodgers, watching all the moves the Mets were making. I think it's awesome that, um, Cohen, their new manager or new owner, excuse me, you clearly when He's shelling out money. I think it's great. I think, Trevor's top two choices. I could have seen him doing, well either, but I think ultimately, given the fact that he's adamant about winning. You know, the Dodgers obviously give them the greatest chance given, you know, they, they obviously just won it. Um, but they're also, you know, very committed to bringing back a lot of the key parts that, that brought them that championship. Um, I think, I mean, you know, you know, Bauer's story about he, you know, prefers to sign one, you know, quick deals, uh, one-year deals. And I, I, I like how he worked it where he has these options. You know, if they win the first year, he can go back and run right for another. If, you know, they're contenders again, he can go right back for another On the flip side, if things don't look good, he's not committed to anything, and it's you know that is the whole point of why he wants the one-year deals, so he doesn't have to stick around if things don't look good. So I think it's a great deal. I'm really excited to see him compete. I think they're going to have a a great season. They've already got a great rotation, especially when you look at. I mean, I think don't even think Dustin May is projected to be on their five starters, correct? And you know he could be a star in a lot of other teams. So they've so many different ways they could work with that bullpen. So much depth there. I think
0: a lot of potential. Oh, 100%. I mean, the Dodgers going into the season, you know, defending champions, and obviously, like, you want to defend your crown. So them signing Bauer obviously just puts them in prime position uh, to not only, you know, retain the NL West, but also contend for the World Series again in 2021. So it was a great move on their part. Um, But, I mean, I don't like the Dodgers, so... I mean, I kind of wish that he wouldn't have gone there, but if I had to choose between the Dodgers and the Mets, being a Yankees fan, I'm glad he didn't go to the Mets because, you know, I'm just not... I obviously don't like the Mets. I would say the move I was most excited about was, and I'm going to be a little biased here as a Yankees fan, but the Yankees bringing in in Corey Kluber. I actually was was surprised that they ended up signing Kluber because when... I remember, like, when the talks were beginning and everything about where he was going to go. Like, 28 teams watched him throw. 28. And rumor was that Boston, the Red Sox, they were heavy hitters in trying to land him and try and get him to at least a one-year deal. And obviously, Corey Kluber, with his history of injuries... Uh, he just wanted to prove himself. He he would have been he was sign, he was gonna sign a one year deal no matter where he went. You know, a prove it deal as they call it now. And when he was when it was announced, he was coming to the Yankees. I was ecstatic. And in fact, Nick, you were the one that actually like you texted like you texted me. Both of you, Nick and McGregor, actually texted me because I was working when the announcement was made. And. I mean, it helps bolster the rotation um because I feel like Corey Kluber like on his day is much better than obviously J.A. Happ or J- or even James Paxton honestly. And so like replacing either of those two with Corey Kluber just how just is a great sight and I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in the regular season. Um he look he's looked good so far in spring training, but obviously like you know We'll see what happens come opening day and once the season begins. But that move I was excited about the most. Um, now we're going to move into the move, any moves that we wish would have happened. And I'm going to start off again with John. Are there any moves that you wish would have happened?
2: Yeah, Jerry. Actually, there is. Uh, I was sort of hoping that the Tigers were going to bring back Rick Porcello for a year, right? Uh, reliable arm. He pitched well in Detroit when he was there before. I know he had a, a bit of a tough time in Boston, and also a tough time in um, for the Mets. But the thing is, Comerica Park in Detroit is—it's like it's a—it's massive, right? Center field is 420 feet. So even if your sinker ball isn't stellar and it's not hitting all the time, and you can still throw a pretty decent fastball, which Porcello can do. Um, there's a lot of real estate out there, and I think he would have done okay. He did okay in, in for the Mets, but one of the things that the, he had problems with with the Mets was the defense behind him was awful, right? So anyway, I wish the Tigers would have brought back Porcello for at least a year. Um, maybe would have been his swan song, his final, his final say, uh, but it would have been nice to see him go out with the club that brought him in.
0: That's fair. You know, I can see like where you're coming. I can see where you're coming from. I mean, obviously, like, you know, he had good years when he was in Detroit. And like you said, you know, being in Boston and, in, and with the Mets, you know, kind of struggled there for the most part. Uh, I mean, you know, the consistency just wasn't there. So seeing him eventually, seeing him start go back to like where it all began for the most part and where he had some great years would have been nice. Uh, so going on with that, uh, Nick, are there any moves that you wish would have happened? Nick? Yes, Nick. You you cut
3: out there for a second. Um, uh, I was just thinking before I get into my. Where did Porcello the Signed? Did he sign anywhere? He still out there? Nope, he's still out there. Yeah, I I was surprised you said that because I kind of kind of forgot about him for a minute. Um, One move I wish would have happened. I wish Trevor Bauer went to the Angels. Uh, That was my prediction at the beginning of the off season, but it didn't work out that way. He went to the other LA team. but I would have liked the Angels to spend some money on Trevor Bowers this offseason. They were big players in Derek Cole last year, so I really thought they would have be been big on him. Um, I just really want to see Mike Trout get some postseason games in, in his career. Um, he had as many postseason home runs as a pitcher named Jake Dorietta uh, in his career. They both had one, so that is, that is not a stat that I want to live my life knowing uh, for the rest of my life. So, I would have liked Trevor Bauer to go on with the Angels and um, he called them get over the hump. They still have some holes in the rotation. Uh, they might have needed a couple of pitchers instead of just Bauer. I don't think they really addressed the rotation too well. Um, but, yeah, that's the move I really wanted to see the most.
0: Yeah, I mean, like like, like oh, you said.
3: Sorry, one more thing. Yep. Uh, I, just, I also did not want him to sign with the Dodgers.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, going off of that, I mean, with Bauer, like you know, obviously, you know, a pitcher like Trevor Bauer, almost uh, almost every team in Major League Baseball should have should have, should have attempted to sign him. Honestly, I mean, who who wouldn't want Trevor Bauer in their starting rotation? No matter who you actually have. Um. Uh, <laughs> yes. Go ahead.
3: I think he might have had some problems in New York with his, uh, I think he might have some problems in New York with his, uh, personality, but that's just me. Uh,
0: yeah. Probably. I mean, probably. I mean, at least you didn't bring, like, you know, going off of that, uh, everybody thought like, okay, like if the Yankees attempted to sign him, like how would have his relationship with Garrett Cole have been? But there w- they actually like squashed that. There was actually no feud as much as the media put out to be. Um, but going off of that, like you know, I'm I, I'm actually that's I'm actually surprised that the Angels really didn't try to make a huge pursuit of him. Like you said, they tried to get Garrett Cole. They were actually in the running. As much as I don't want to admit that they were in the running for Garrett Cole, they were actually huge players for him. I mean, we all ended up. We all know where he ended up going, and it was the fi- it was the and final decision there. But yeah, no, I mean, Mike Trout really deserves to playing the postseason once he's you know one one of the greatest was going to be one of the greatest baseball players of all time uh he obviously like you know the angels are they're trying to do things they're trying to contend it's just because like the astros are there and the a's have continued to improve as the years go on the angels like you know they're they're yeah the they're like an odd team out. Uh, they're like the, on the outside looking in. And Trout still has a good chunk of that contract left there. And I mean, if the Angels continue to not only not contend for the West, but you know just not make the playoffs or even contend for a World Series, I wouldn't be surprised if Trout tries to pull out of that contract just because of you know failed uh, attempts to land marquee free agents for contention, but. Moving on from that, uh, McGregor, were there any moves that you wish would have happened?
1: Yeah, um as a Yankees fan who just I don't think uh, Gary Sanchez is really the greatest, you know, person to keep building around. We keep committing to him. I really wanted to see him gone. There were talks at one point about him going to St. Louis. I think they ultimately made the right choice by running Yachty. I think he's gonna continue to be a great, you know, player for them. Um, But I would have liked to see Gary Sanchez, you know, we've just got so much investment at this point, I'd like to see
2: him go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Gary Sanchez, like, you know, has been hit or miss um, throughout over the past couple of years. I mean, you know, when he came into the league, you know, 2017, 2018, like he was doing really well. 2019, you know, kind of went into a huge... Gary Gary Sanchez is awful. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I I mean like he is, he has been awful. I'm admitting that. Like I li- I continuously like literally like shit like metaphorically shit on him because he has been awful. But like when he came into the league, he had so much promise and it's just it's just cr- sad to see like what has become of him. I mean in the 2020 season, he got benched for a good amount of the season, he got called out by the general manager. You don't, you don't see or hear general managers calling out players all that much, unless they're really doing doing really awful. So, I I see where McGregor is coming from. Um, I mean, I. You know they did the Yankees and like they still have Kyle Higashioka. They did bring in Robinson Chirinos too. So I mean, if anything does happen with Sanchez uh, in terms of him, you know, just continuing to shit the bed as the season goes on, they do have Higashioka. They have Chirinos as a backup. So, but in terms, I'm gonna go on to like a move that I wish would have happened, and I you know being a Yankees fan, this move like kind of upset me. Tanaka going to Japan, I wish that the Yankees would have kept Tanaka for at least one more season. And not I, I'm not saying that he would have needed to be a starter uh, because obviously with them signing Kluber, bringing in Jameis Antallian, uh, Jordan Montgomery coming back from injury, Domingo Herman coming back from suspension, uh, and Luis Severino eventually going to come back in the summer uh, from Tommy John's surgery. Um, i would have had, i would have been okay with Tanaka pitching like one or two innings in the bullpen. I felt he, that he was capable especially especially with trading away out of Vino to the red sox now they have now they have some injuries in the bullpen right now as spring training goes on so yeah i kind i kind of like am upset i mean but he 's happy in Japan he wanted to go back he Looks happy from what I've been following. So I'm happy for him there. Just wish he would have stayed. But uh, my final question about uh, new faces and new places uh, for each of you, and I'll start again with John, is uh, was there a move that you wish didn't happen?
2: Yeah, and and full disclosure, everyone, I I can't stand the Yankees. I can't stand the Yankees. But I'm going to back up McGregor. Honestly, I, I I would have liked to see Sanchez go to St. Louis and the Yankees sign Yachty, right? Um, but then they probably would have had to build a nursing home for all of these old guys that they're signing, <laughs> and we all know how nursing homes in New York State have been lately. So maybe it was that's the reason why. Um, <laughs> but the other the other move I just I, I don't know if I don't wish it didn't happen. I just don't understand it. Is the deal that Brad Hand signed with the Nationals, right? So. At the end of the season, I mean, so Brad, he had good numbers with Cleveland last year. Um, his sort of side stats are going down a little bit. But, you know, Cleveland didn't tender him as $10 million. So he was on waivers and anybody could have picked him up. And nobody did. But then the Nationals signed him for $10.5 million. I just, I don't get that. Um, and, it, and it's a one-year deal. So, I mean, I think Brad Hand is a good pitcher. I think it's a good fit with the Nationals. But I just don't understand why you, you waited so long to, to pay him more.
0: You know, I don't, I don't know. No, that's fair. That's completely fair. There, I mean, you know, money's always a factor. You know, why would you pay somebody so much money? Why would you pay somebody this amount of money? Um, I mean, Brad. I mean, you know, Nick, being an Indians fan, I feel like you can attest to this more with the Brad Hand situation. Uh, would you care to? Uh, talk, would you care to go more into that or?
3: Um, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Um, I know the Indians declined an option, and I can't remember exactly what the option was, but it was at least $10 million. I don't know if it would have gone up another million, but like you said, they're paying him 10 and a half as, as opposed to time or around that, so why would they just take him up on waivers? I don't, I don't know. It's just I about, I didn't think it was that I don't think he's worth $10 million. Um, I'm glad the Indians aren't paying him $10 million to pitch for this year, um, especially with their budget, but a team like the Nationals can afford that, I guess, so be it. Um, yeah, I agree with you. That's
0: a good point. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair enough right there. Um, uh, other than the Brad Hand situation, Nick, was there any other moves that you wish didn't happen or, or no? Yeah, I mean, this one's, probably, this one's kind of obvious for me, uh, just talking of hard
3: experience. I wish the didn't get traded. Um, you know, if this was... If I was a fan of the Yankees and Lindor was drafted by the Yankees and we had a $200-plus budget, you know, he would have been a Yankee for life. But no, he got drafted by the Indian, who only has a budget of $50 million this year, apparently. So we can't afford to pay him uh, for the next 15 years to stay in Cleveland. So it's, it's a bad story. Um, I don't mind him going much. I'm okay uh, with that situation. I would have liked him to go to the Blue Jays, too. That would have been nice. I'm just glad he didn't go to Boston or L.A., not that either of those teams necessarily need them, but um, the Mets, sure. I mean, superstar in New York City,
0: why not? Um, but, yeah, we said about that. That's the only thing. Yeah, I, I, I understand, like, where you're coming from there because you and I have had conversations about it. Um, I mean, you know, good for the Mets, honestly, as much as I hate to say it, but the Mets landing Francisco Lindor and, along with all the other moves that they've made, you know, New York City baseball as a whole is something to find, to be excited about, not just in the Bronx, but also in Queens. So that that was a good move that they made on their part with that trade. Um, I'm glad, I mean, you know, it was always rumored that he was, it was the rumors of him going to the Yankees and the talk of that. I just never saw it happening, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that he didn't go to the Dodgers. And honestly, I you know, Boston... I, they they they're more worried about paying robots to clean Fenway Park than they are trying to uh actually improve their baseball team. So, who actually knows like what Boston's going to do uh over the next few years in terms of any moves? I mean, they ended up letting go their entire outfield from their 2018 championship's team. Uh Mookie went last se- last offseason to the Dodgers. They let Benintendi go to the Royals and then JBJ Jackie Bradley Jr. ended up going to uh the Milwaukee Brewer and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so I mean, they're more, they look more like they're tearing apart their team than they are, uh, building it, but that's just my opinion there. But, um, uh, I do feel bad for the Indians and the, uh, as a whole, I feel bad for Indians fans as well. They deserve much better than the Dolan ownership. Um, but going off of that, uh, McGregor, any moves that you wish didn't happen? Yeah.
1: I don't like Derek Dietrich signing this minorly deal with the Yankees. Um, I think Dietrich is a great player. I think, you know, he's not he's not definitely not, you know, a star or anything like that, but he's consistent, you know, good presence in the clubhouse. He's somebody you want to have, you know, in your corner, know you can come in off the bench for you and, and provide some clutch hits and clutch defense. Um, and unfortunately I think New York is just not the place for him right now. The outfield, you know, they have too many outfielders. The infield, you got DJ playing second. Um sorry, D church is an outfielder, second baseman. Plenty of outfielders. DJ's, you know, starting at second base. If DJ's not in there, you got Tyler Wade, you got And You know, again, tons of other options there at shortstop. I just don't think New York is the place for him to, to make a roster this year. And I I hope, you know, somebody else signs him once he gets cut. But I just feel like Unfortunately he's not going to make the open day roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from there. I mean, like, you know, at first like I thought it was a good move. Looking at it now, like only time will tell if it is a good move, honestly. I mean, talking about Anduhar. It looks more and more like he get like he's can, gonna get pushed out of the Yankees eventually, Uh in terms of you know just play in terms of just appearances playing. I mean he was runner up uh for rookie of the year in twenty eighteen, and it seems more and more likely just because of injuries, uh, uh among various other factors like he his future with the Yankees may, be bleak and may just be non-existent. So that's probably why they ended up bringing Dietrich okay. in. But, uh, like I said, only time will tell with that move. Uh, in terms of moves I wish didn't happen, I mean, the obvious is I wish Trevor Bauer didn't go to the Dodgers just because I don't like the Dodgers. But I don't want to talk about, you know, spite or anything like that because that was a smart move. Um, from any sense there, there really are no move. Other than that, there are really no moves I wish didn't happen. Um, all the moves that have happened, you know, uh, I, I, I like for the most part, um, the only one I'm, I mean, I'm actually surprised that the Cardinals, uh, well, and Wainwright and, um, uh, Yachty had decided to run it back one more year with the Cardinals. Uh, I thought they w- both would have, would have retired, uh, with Wainwright being 39 and Yachty being 38, but, you know, uh, hey, if they still have something left to prove, then so be it. But, Uh, other than that, like, I'll just conclude, uh, this segment of new faces and new places, and we'll go into a spring training outlook. Uh, and I'm going to start off uh, with John again. And in terms of spring training, like, uh, has that, what, what, has anything like really impressed you about spring training so far?
2: So what's impressed me about spring training has nothing to do with players, right? I don't know if any of you have seen this or looked into it at all but the Blue Jays did an amazing upgrade to all of their facilities in Florida. And the Blue Jays' new training setup is out of this world. There is a video about it, I think, on the Blue Jays' website, and it's like four minutes long, but if you go and take a look at that, it is seriously impressive. And if that's a club that's trying to build itself up, making it appealing to to younger players or some potential trade chips in there, like I wanna go and work
0: out there. No, I mean, like, I really haven't taken a look at it. I know that they were, like, improving their facilities down in Dunedin because they will eventually, uh, they will start out the season in Florida because of the border situation. Um, And, no, I mean, like, you know, with them, uh, in terms of the Blue Jays improving their facilities, I mean, like, just look at what they did last season when they played in Buffalo at um, uh, whatever it's called, Salem Field? Salem Field now? Yeah. I I still call it Coca Cola Field to be honest because that's what I remember, but uh, uh, I also still remember Duntire Park too. But uh, uh, with that being said, I mean how they impro- how they made modifications to that facility there last season. Uh, it was just amazing to see, and you know I'm, I, you know if they're doing just as great of a job at, down in Dundon they're going to attract a lot of young talent, and also they also they they've also been able to attract big free agents too i mean ended up signing uh george springer uh, to a to a nice long term deal there to uh put in some experience with the young talent and just because of what the blue Jays are doing not on not just on the field but off the field as well, I feel like they could be a dark horse uh, for the most part in the American League and potentially contend for the a l east uh, division crown as well uh but with that being said, uh, Nick, uh, has anything really impressed you about spring training?
3: Uh, well, I gotta be honest, Jerry. I don't really follow spring training very closely. I kind of take anything that happens with a pinch of salt, and um, you know, don't put too much uh, faith in it. But one thing that I just looked into today, uh, I just took a peek at the standings just to get a refresh on for today, and I just saw that Miami has the best record. And one of them, I don't know if it was a or a great league, to be honest with you, but they had my structure. and it was around this time last year that they also had one of the best in spring training. And, um, you know, they had a strong spring last year, a strong spring now. I kind of got to consider them a dark horse. They got Don a pretty good manager down there. Um, and if they weren't in such a loaded division, I think, you know, they might be a sneaky team to watch, but unfortunately that ML East is pretty difficult. Uh, to with. So um, it's gonna be tough for them, but I am I'm still impressed that maybe they're just uh, the spring training champions. I don't know. They should have in Miami, get their
0: gear it or something. I mean, yeah, and no. So from what I'm seeing, from what you know, in terms of records and everything, like you know, the Miami Marlins were obvious, definitely a surprise last season uh, with how with how they performed, eventually making the postseason, even though it was an expanded postseason, but. You know, I, I really don't, try, I, I when it comes to me looking at records in spring training, I kind of don't take a look at them because, you know, it's it's like preseason, it's preseason for the most part. I mean, the Detroit Lions, when they went 0-16, actually had a 4-0 preseason record that season. So, just because you have a great record in spring training doesn't mean you'll, or any preseason doesn't mean you will have a great regular season record-wise, so... I mean that is always that's always one thing to take into perspective there, but the Marlins actually do look like a team where they can be a surprise, uh, you know, depending on if they stay healthy and you know just if everything goes well for them. I mean, I understand that they made the playoffs like in a in a shortened season, so we'll, it'd be interesting to see how they do in a full season. But with that being said, as McGregor walks away, uh, McGregor. Uh, with that being said, McGregor, what impresses you about spring training?
1: Um, you know, I think the re- how much I didn't realize how refreshing it would be to have fans back in the in the stands. You know, I think people realizing like, hey, if we want to be here, you know, we have to follow the rules, and, and they're looking to mask up and everything like that. But I think it's great. You can definitely feel the energy in the ballpark. Players are loving it. Um, you know, and they're all commenting on how nice it is again to have fans. You know, playing. Into an empty stadium is just it's it's weird, man. It didn't look right, it didn't feel right. And I you know, I understand why we had to do it. I'm not debating that at all, but it's definitely as far as sports goes, we're coming out of the pandemic, it's really exciting to see the energy
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's wonderful because you know, we're see you know I in terms of the pandemic I feel like, you know, the light, you know, we're turning a corner with everything. And I'll go more into this uh, when we get to talking about opening day. But uh, it's nice to see fans. You know, I understand that Florida definitely has a lot of, like, looser restrictions and everything. But just to see people in the stands, uh, you know, just to see, uh, you know, things kind of getting back to normal is wonderful to see. And that, you know, that just brings hope into me that uh, eventually this whole pandemic situation will come to an end. Uh, But with that being said, I mean, in terms of – what impresses me for this, I mean, you know, it is spring training, and I told Nick, like, you know, you know, records really don't mean anything and whatnot. But being a Yankees fan, I mean, like, they, I understand they've won, like, eight or nine spring training games in a row, which I really don't care about because it's only spring training. But it's nice to see that they're gelling together as a team for the most part. And another thing that impresses me, too, is, like, you know, just – it's, all, it's good to see, like, the young talent, you know, uh, just in continuing to improve in terms of Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Acuna, and even Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, just to name a few players. Like, seeing the young talent continue to improve their game and also just work on everything that they've, that they've you know, taken into account for the last uh, season or two that they've been in the league. You know, it's always nice to see uh, that. Oh, it's always nice to see that. Um, so, with that being said, uh, are there any surprises about spring training that any of you have? Uh, John, I'll start with you. I got,
2: I got, I got nothing. You know, I, I've been trying to pay attention a little bit to spring training, but there's, there's nothing that really surprises me. The only sort of tiny surprise is, I was looking at rosters and this and that. I, I don't know half of these people. I feel like those guys sitting in the bar during Major League when the Indians announced their team, and they're like, who the heck are these guys? You know, I don't know. I don't know so many of the guys on the rosters, and maybe that's a testament to how old I am now, um, but I'm eager to see some of these young, um, bright players
0: shine. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I mean, no, that's completely fair and understandable. I mean, you know, be, me being me myself, like I, I, I pay attention to sprint training as much as I can. Obviously, like with work and everything, like I really can't. Also, like, there's not many spring training games on TV. Uh, as much, even in the past, compared to the past, like, ESPN really hasn't put a lot on. I think they've only put on, like, four from what I know. And the Yes Network themselves, in terms of the Yankees, they've only had, like, a third of the spring training games on there, too. But uh, uh, what about you, Nick? I mean, I understand you don't pay – I haven't really paid attention. But from what you have paid attention to, uh, if anything, like, is there anything that's been surprising to you guys?
3: Yes. Uh, getting up on uh, John's point really quick, uh, Will Farrell once said, uh, "You know, there is nothing more American than having a, a nice cold beer watching that and watching nine guys from the Dominican Republic throw baseball around." And I mean, that's really what it's all about. That's what we're watching here. Um, but two things actually surprised me. Uh, one, very recently, LeBron James just became a part-time owner of the Boston Red Sox. I, I could not believe that. I wonder how that makes the uh, the Boston fans feel, knowing that. Most of them probably hate LeBron. Uh, Jerry, I don't know about you, how you feel about that. Um, uh, most like Celtics fans probably aren't too happy about that, but I just think that's super interesting. I wonder how one of our good friends feels about that. Um, uh, I know it's not directly related to what's on the field, but still, another thing that really surprised me, <laughs> I could not believe when I saw this video of it, was the match actually practice? what it would be like to celebrate winning the World Series. I could not believe it when I saw it. it was. Uh, what are they thinking? Why are they practicing? Winning the World Series in
0: spring
3: training? I don't get. I, um, I guess they're
0: getting ready for October, but I, it just dumbfounded me. That dumbfounded me too. Honestly, I mean, like you said, spring training—you shouldn't be getting ready for stuff like that. And going back onto LeBron, honestly, him becoming an owner, a part owner into all of the Fenway Sports Group's uh, uh, ventures. I mean, he was already, like, a, a small minority owner in Liverpool Football Club. He had, like, about, like, a 5% uh, in controlling, a 5% into it already. So, it wasn't, it was just a matter of time, in my opinion, that he eventually, like, got into other ventures of the Fenway Sports, Manage, Sports Management Group, Um So not just will he only take, like, some interest into the Red Sox, but he'll also take, like, interest into other ventures like Rush Fenway Fenway Racing as well, uh, just to name another one. But, you know, honestly, I mean, LeBron's interest into the Red Sox and him becoming a part owner there, you know— they you know, it's it's gonna look good for them. They're gonna move up from fourth in the AL East this season to third in the AL East this season. I mean, LeBron is just gonna have that huge factor. He's gonna do a lot of recruiting. You know, John Henry's gonna spend this boatload of money. And if you actually believe me, then. That's then, then there's a problem there. Uh, I there's, there's no actual rooting interest in that whatsoever. I honestly don't care, to be honest. I mean, good for LeBron expanding his ve- business ventures, uh, good for LeBron, you know, ha- continuing to become expand just as not uh, just to expand his expertise into everything outside of basketball. But with that being said, McGregor, is there anything uh, in terms of spring training that has been going on that you don't like at all? And if there is, could you care to elaborate on that, please?
1: Um, One thing they were doing last semester—not last, last semester—last season, they were having players, like, literally mic'd up in the middle of the field. And I didn't really like it because I felt like it was distracting from the player. Um, You know, it didn't allow the player to really focus on the game. And also, too, I— <sighs> I'm very stubborn, but I just kind of like the way it was before. We just, you heard the commentators talk, and it, you know, they were so involved in these conversations, it kind of took away from paying attention to the actual game. So I, I'd like to see them. It surprised me that they're having – so I, I guess I'm kind of double the answer here. You know, what is my surprise and what don't I like, but that's it right there. Is I don't like you – know, I like the, fan, the interaction with the players, but I just don't like how much it takes away from me.
0: Okay yeah no that's completely fair and understandable too. I mean obviously with how things are going on right now like it has to happen this way but obviously but obviously like you know it's all about personal preference and hopefully like in the near future like it can come to an end that way. Um but I'm going to go into my surprises and we're talking about how garbage Gary Sanchez has been and I know like it has it's only spring training but he actually has surprised me with his playing uh at this entire spring training. I mean he looks like a, even though it's only spring training, like he kind of looks like a resurgent Gary Sanchez, and I hope that he continues this into the uh, regular season, and obviously if he doesn't continue this into the regular season, then I'm going to be joining McGregor and uh, calling for uh, him to be cut from the team and, you know, just potentially exiled from not only Yankee Stadium, but from ever coming into New York again, um, unless, you know, unless he ends up playing on our major league team, obviously. But in terms of not liking anything, I mean, there's really nothing that I don't like about spring training because like, you know, like the rest of you guys, like there's not a lot that I've really paid, been able to like commentate on for the most part. Um, I mean, if anybody else has anything that they don't like about, uh, you know, feel free to um bring that up. You know, you're more than welcome to. John, Nick. Nope. Okay. Fair enough. Alright, so I want to go into, you know, we were talking about the Blue Jays, and this will just be short and sweet here. Uh, the, because of the pandemic and the border situation, they're currently going to start the season in their facilities, their renovated facilities in Dundon, Florida. Um, There is talk that they could potentially play the entire season in Dundon. There's talk that they may go back to Buffalo eventually. Uh, Obviously, with the Bison season starting in May, that obviously puts a a dent in that potentially, but... um, in terms of that, so like, where do you see the Blue Jays playing? Do you think that they will uh, play the entire season in Dunedin? Do you think they go back to Buffalo? Will they go back to Canada if the border opens up? Uh, John, the floor is yours on this one. Yeah, so I actually think it's it's good that they're going to start the season in Dunedin,
2: right? So uh, the, the Canadian Dunedin. COVID restrictions are are way tighter than they are in the United States, right? So playing in Florida, they're going to at least play in front of some fans, right? If they were playing at Rogers Center, Canada would not let them have anybody in the stands. So I'm in favor of them starting off in in Dunedin. I I don't think they're going to play in Buffalo. And I'm I'm hopeful, everyone, that they're going to get back into Toronto later in the summer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been pronouncing Dunedin wrong. I've been saying Dundin. Like, oh my God, that's awful. (laughs) I pronounced it wrong. I I actually spelled, spelled it wrong too. I I put I forgot the E, that's probably why. But uh with that being said, I mean yeah, going off of that, yeah. Fans in Florida, you know, they can act, they can have a home crowd for the most they can have a home crowd which is nice. Um uh being in the uh, American League East, I mean obviously like you know, the furthest they'd have to go would be up to New York and Boston. But Baltimore, uh, like is right in the middle there. Uh they have uh, they have a good Tampa, they would play Tampa like obviously not too far from them uh, then they've got Miami but the thing is those with the border restrictions you know obviously not just uh would they not be able to have a crowd in ta- in Toronto they also wouldn't be able to come across the con- across the border so because of how because it continu- it's continuing to be closed and there's no signs of it opening up anytime soon uh, because their covid restrictions in Canada are much uh, stricter than ours and their covid situation in Canada is actually much worse than ours too uh, there we continue to have people vaccinated on a daily basis uh, whereas Canada uh, their vaccination numbers are much lower than ours um and their test numbers like really haven't changed much e- either in terms of the positivity rate uh, from what I've been hearing. But, uh, Nick, uh, do you have anything to add to what John has said?
3: Not much. No, not that much. I kind of second everything John said. I don't, as much as I love Buffalo to uh, welcome the Blue Jays back, I just don't think, I, I don't, I'm not counting on it. I, I know the Biden are going to be here. Um, I don't think they're going to move Biden to anywhere else, so, I, I kind of think they're going to stay the whole year in Dunedin. Um, yeah, it's going to be advantageous if they're in a postseason hunt in, like, uh, September or October. It'll be warmer if they want to deal with uh, potential snowstorms or anything like that. But I think the best
0: bet is just stay down there for the year. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I agree there. I mean, as much as I would love them to come back to Buffalo, especially because uh, here in New York State, like, in terms of our capacity in stadiums and arenas, it can be – any it can be ten percent from what I know, um. Uh, so that is with that being said, there I mean it's fine that there's going to stay in Dunedin, um. And I hope that they could potentially return to Canada too, mainly just because I want the border open. I would love for the border to be open eventually, um. But it's all up to uh, the prof- It's all up to the medical professionals in terms of the situation, and also the government officials as well, um. Uh, I really don't have anything else to add on there. Uh, and I do want to move on to our next topic, which is opening, opening day, uh, which is coming, which is coming up in a few days. Uh, so going off of fans at the ballparks, um, most of the, not, almost all the fan, almost all the ballparks teams are allowing uh, anywhere from 10 to 30% capacity uh, at the ballparks, uh, like almost all of them said yes for the most part the ones that are saying that, ha, that haven't said yes right now they're saying likely mainly because of the governments uh the state governments what are your what's your opinion on uh fans at the ballparks for opening day uh, uh i'll start with you john
2: yeah i'm a fan of fans at the, at the parks for opening day um yeah like you were saying everybody's really sort of committed to it whether it's 10 percent or or um or whatever. So like Tampa Bay, for example, they're committed. I think they said 10% um, or 25%, I don't remember, but that's like 10,000 people in the stadium in in Florida. And for the, for the experience, like you're going to get a major league baseball game, not climbing on top of a million other people. Right. So maybe it'll be good. Um, We'll see how it goes. Uh, But like you were saying, some teams haven't announced yet. And if you're paying attention Um, five of those teams that haven't announced if they're playing in stadiums yet or not are the five California teams, right? Because California has got big restrictions still on COVID. So we'll have to wait and see if, if the angels, the A's and the Dodgers and the Padres, um, you know, they, they can all, they can play. We'll we'll see.
0: Yes. No, I I agree. I mean, they're
2: going to play, but with,
0: with fans. Oh yes. No, I agree. I agree there. I mean, California has had some of the toughest like lockdown restrictions, uh, Going back to like when this whole thing kind of happened back in uh back of March of last year, and obviously like you know they've been pretty much on lockdown ever since for the most part I mean like they've began to ease restrictions which is not, which is nice but you know, uh, I mean, I ho- I'm hopeful that the Cal- fans in California will be able to uh, see their sports teams, uh, especially, beca- especially, you know, the Dodgers and Padres, uh, you know, two of the most exciting teams in baseball. I mean, you know, the fans have been look, especially San Diego i mean the padres are really the only ticket in town they don't they haven't they don't have a football team anymore the chargers have been out of san diego for a couple for a couple seasons uh they don't have a hockey team obviously and they haven't had a basketball team in the 80s so uh fans and fans at petco park uh you know they would love to uh watch the watch the padres especially with the up-and-coming talent and just the overall excitement that the roster brings um uh Another team that actually surprised me that they haven't actually announced anything yet, and I don't know if you guys knew this, uh, Minnesota actually didn't say anything about that. But uh, going off of that, Nick, what about you? Like, uh, anything to add on there? Like, how do you feel? Um, yeah, I think I was kind of
3: surprised uh, looking at all the uh, stadiums, how they were accepting limited capacity. Um, I pleasantly surprised. Um, it's going to be great to have fans back in the stands. They definitely can do it. There's a lot of teams that uh, can have limited capacity, um, and it would be basically a similar type of environment that they normally have. Um, like I see a lot of meetings out there. Like uh, I think it was Miami or Tampa Bay. How they, uh, it's like uh, they have a picture of the stands, and there's like I don't know a couple thousand fans there when it holds like twenty thousand fans, and it's like oh man kind of bolder ways to let all the fans back into the stands during a during pandemic like this, but, I mean, it's going to be, like, normal for those teams. They're not going to have that many fans. The Cleveland, they're not going to have uh, softouts. I mean, I saw their home opener sold out, which is nice, but, yeah, it's going to be great to have fans back, and um, I'm excited for it. Um, I think every team will have fans at some point, but uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah no I mean yeah we'll see what happens obviously because of everything going on right there, uh but yeah I'm I mean like I'm glad that fans are gonna be in the stands for the most part, um I mean California still has a few uh still has a few days to decide whether or not they'll start the season with fans in the stands, um, and even the same thing with other teams like Minnesota as well, um, so I'm looking forward to you know seeing that I know the Yankees and Mets announced today uh, Governor Cuomo said that uh, they'll start out with twenty percent. Uh, so, and how it goes is like you either have to show uh, proof of, proof of uh, a vaccination or you have to take a test uh, and have a negative test, obviously, uh, before the game. Uh, so kind of like how it happened with the Bills playoff game uh, and uh, the Sabres games that are eventually going to have fans. Although I'm still trying to figure out who would actually want to go see a Sabres game in public right now. But that's another conversation for another day. I do want to say this uh McGregor is no longer on with us. Uh he did have a he did uh message me saying that he had something to do. So I do want to thank him for being on here for as long as he can. But uh Moving on to that uh, in terms of opening day, uh, everybody is going to be playing on opening day. Like all of the teams in Major League Baseball are playing compared to years past where it was like opening, where it was opening like night and then like opening day and then like it was kind of like opening week. How do you guys feel about every all every team playing on opening day? I'll start with you, John. Everyone plays on opening day,
2: right? I'm a huge advocate for this. I I know they've tried to expand sort of that opening week mentality, but everyone plays on opening day. It's the start of baseball season. And if I had my way, which I will never have, it would be a national holiday, right? Everybody plays on opening day. Kids aren't in school. Go to the ballpark, enjoy yourselves, have a hot dog, sit down on the couch. In fact, I, I like opening day so much that every year, Uh, I always take the day off from work and I sit home and I I watch opening day games. So I'm ecstatic for it because everybody's playing on opening day and that's the way it should be.
0: No, I I agree there too. Do you still have your uh, uh, MLB.TV subscription? I do. You do. Okay. So I have a feeling John is going to uh, have as many games on uh, as many screens as he can on opening day. Yep. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. What about you, Nick? How do you feel about everybody playing on opening day?
3: Gary, actually, I had to uh, prove you wrong a little bit because last year, 2020, it was a really weird year, but last year, opening night actually returned after a two-year hiatus where in 2019 and 2018, every team did put on opening day, so... I don't know where
0: they're getting your facts from before we to do that. MLB.com. I there know. was a writer from MLB.com that actually wrote an article about that. So whoever wrote that article from on MLB.com needs to get fired because that is where I got my sources from. So I'm not taking I'm not gonna say that you're wrong. I'm just gonna say that uh, I'm not gonna say that you're wrong. I'm gonna say that whoever wrote that article from MLB.com needs to be fired as an MLB writer. Okay? That is where I'm that is where I got my my sources from so Major League All right. Baseball Rob Manfred
3: alright well I'm not calling for anyone who's got to be taken away here but um, I'm putting you on the hockey a little bit on that for that one uh, but last year opening up was a disaster last year we had the Yankees and Nationals which was I, I think it was a blowout, out and then we had the Giants and, or that was the rainout game the rainout game and they never <laughs> even finished so that was tennis. and then was the Giants and Dodgers on like 10pm so like it was who cares but thank God everybody's playing on Open Day. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Every team should play on opening Day. I totally agree with what you guys are saying. Um, they also used to do that um, uh, Japan Series, and they did that in 2019. Um, and, but anyway, I think they're going to do this like, going forward. I, it seemed like last year with the pandemic, uh, the two years before that, everybody played on Open Day. This seemed to be the trend where it's going, and I'm a fan of that, and I hope they continue. Uh, my biggest thing, though, is not everybody should play on opening day. Like, that's fine, but I like that's what's going to happen. But on day two, there's only six games. I don't understand why right after opening day, everybody gets a day off. There's 15 games on day one and only six on day two. I don't get why they need a day off right after they start the season when they're going to play 162. I don't think it'll look later in the year. They're probably going to need it more than uh, just On the second day, it's like, oh, yeah, baseball's finally back. And then we keep off the next day Temple what is that, like we just started, and now like back to square one with baseball. So I, that's one thing I would like to change a
0: lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you there, and. uh you know, before I go into that, you know, I was actually talking to, uh, I was actually talking to Hunter earlier today, and he said that uh, he and he has told me that he had a feeling that uh, you and I were going to have a little bit of banter there. And Hunter, your prediction has come true. But uh, you know, like you said, six games on day two after fifteen on opening day, I'm not a fan of honestly. Um, it's kind of like when hockey season started up, like almost ever, like, you know, you had the three games, uh, and then like, you know, almost everybody else was playing on day two, but then like day three, like almost nobody was playing, like, you know, the scheduling for this, whoever, like whoever, you know, made the schedule, obviously, because like the teams, you know, they, they discuss like who, when they're going to play and who they're going to play. And then obviously it gets approved by major league baseball, but Whoever approved that in major in the offices of Major League Baseball, you made a complete oversight of that and made a mistake there. I mean, yeah, you could have you could play like every team everybody should be playing like the day opening series, opening week, everybody should be playing, uh, for the most part. Uh don't get like nobody should have an off day in the first like week of first week or two of the season. And like you said, um every you know, get like save that off day or two uh for later in the season because that's going to be when it's much more needed, especially as teams get ready for that final push towards the postseason. But overall, I'm happy that they're doing it. Um, I really, you know, I'm happy that they're doing it. Um, you know, whatever national games are are to, are gonna be on, I will pay attention to. Uh ESPN is doing a quadruple header starting at one o'clock, uh so that's gonna be nice. I mean obviously like the Yankees uh, will be playing the Blue Jays, so I'll have uh, I'll have my I'll have that game on too. Uh I don't have a subscription to uh, MLB.tv, sadly, so uh, I will not be watching as many games as you, John, sadly. Also, probably because of work, I won't be able to either, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um. Uh, but with that being said, um, I do remember, like, you know, there was discussion about... Uh, bringing uh, some 2020 rules into the 2021 season. I want to get into that. Uh, and I want to begin uh, with the uh, seven-inning doubleheaders. Uh, double uh, what do you guys think of that? John, I'll start with you.
2: Uh, you know, the, the truth is, I'm sort of a fan of the, the seven-inning if you're playing a doubleheader, right? I mean, Major League Baseball as an organization has been trying to speed up the game now for several years. Um, but, like... You know, if, if you're playing a doubleheader, you know, if you're going to play nine-inning doubleheaders, then have a short break between the games or just start the second game right in a row. But there's this huge, this huge break in the middle where everybody has to go in and have a sandwich and take a shower and get a massage before they come out for the next game. So, uh, I, you know, but I'm, I'm a fan of however they want to do it. Uh, double headers are is bonus baseball for me, right so if, if you want to do seven inning double headers to make the game more appealing, like my kid could sit through two seven inning games right I get that so i'm a fan, but double headers are always good
0: Double headers are always good. I do agree with you there uh seven innings i mean you know uh i'm glad you know like you said with the with the lawn breaks like they'll have a game at one o'clock it could end anywhere around four four thirty, and then they don't play again until seven. Uh, and then you're going into the night. Uh, depending on how long the uh, one o'clock game goes, uh, they may like you know the break. Uh, the break could be extended. They may start again at seven. So like, it's it's just crazy with uh, a typical nine inning uh double nine inning double games. Uh, but uh, Nick, uh, what do you think about seven inning double headers? You like them? You like them again or uh, not really? Um, I don't. I don't love
3: them. I, I think it's a little minor league. It's a little um. Gimmicky, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I can, I can definitely live with it. I think the, the big thing with baseball, the 162 games. I mean, it's a marathon, and like, you gotta save your pitchers at some point. I mean, I don't know. I think mean, they gave them an extra roster spot for doubleheaders, but I mean, it's kind of a disadvantage. You gotta. I don't. I mean, I don't to be kind of settled it their own way to try to the best they can. Um, but I mean, imagine playing a doubleheader and then you gotta go through all your bullpen and not, Kind of going to the next series against the team that didn't have to do that. And I feel like you're kind of at a disadvantage. So I'm okay with just double doubleheaders. Like, if you love the game, sure. I can live with it. It's not the biggest thing I've been complaining about.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with them, honestly. I really don't. I mean, like you said, you know, doubleheaders, regardless, like, you get to see two baseball games in one day, especially if it's your team, like, like if it's your team playing, like, you get to see your team twice in one day. Uh... I don't, uh, in terms of it, but, uh, yeah, speeding up the game. I mean, they've been trying to do it for years. A lot of people complained that the game is slow, like, you know, is slow paced as it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's a debate that will continue to go on as, you know, time progresses and even as we get older, but overall, like, it's nothing like for me really to, uh, you know, complain about, uh, I'm okay with that. Um, uh, but moving on into the next topic of, uh, there, unlike the twenty twenty uh, season where there was a universal DH, there is not going to be a universal DH in uh, the National League this season. Uh, what do you guys think about that, uh, John? Uh, John, I'll start with you again.
2: So I, I, you know, again, this is a question of I don't know, right? Like I don't like I don't like seeing pitchers hit because for the most part they stink they do fun things like bunts and they get over and things like that and they you know if you can move a runner you can move a runner but there's not too many pitchers that can hit right but the other thing when your pitcher hits you get great things like when bartolo cologne hits a home run right so um but the the dh i'm a fan of the dh more hitting more offense makes for a fun game um you know pitchers hitting always favors um those pitchers that, that spend time in, in, in batting practice, and not all of them do. Um, but, you know, having pitchers hit also, I know the interleague thing isn't really on the table here, but whenever an AL team would go into an NL City, it always benefits the National League, right? So, I don't know. It, it's it's Some people like it, some people don't like it. I, I like more hits. I like more at-bats. I like good baseball, and sometimes pitchers don't hit baseballs.
0: Yeah no, I mean I agree completely. Like I mean pitchers, pitchers are meant to hit. Pitchers they their main thing is to pitch, and I'm not going to lie. Like I do not want to see, I don't want to see Garrett Cole up at the mound, up uh, coming off of the mound, uh, and eventually batting at the uh, top half of the inning uh, at the uh, at a National League ballpark. Okay. Uh, I still remember the incident where Chin-Ming Wong got uh, injured uh, actually and it it ended up being a season almost a season ending injury back around like 2010 uh where he had where he got injured if I remember correctly uh rounding the bases and I think he was trying to score a run uh so I mean like yeah that's not like that's just something I don't want to see. I don't want to see Garrett Cole get injured. I'll I will I will fume if I see him get injured uh, trying to uh, take taking a bat or even be a base runner. Um, and I'm pretty sure you guys, I'm pretty sure that like you know, other people would feel the same way. So I I really wish that like a universal DH would happen for the National League and in the American League. Obviously, we already have it. But uh, Nick, uh, what about you? How do you feel about uh, no DH in the National League going back to pitchers hitting?
3: Um, well, honestly, I was pretty surprised. I was very surprised they went this route. Um, I thought for sure that uh, last year when they brought the, um, I took, well, first, before even the next round, I thought eventually it wouldn't happen regardless. Uh, and then last year with the pandemic and the short season, and they made the announcement that there would be a university age, um, I thought, you know, that would be the end of time. I thought that would be the new way going forward for good, just because it's always a topic of debate before that even. So uh, I was that it's going back to um, having the pitchers hit and, and to be honest, I've always liked the idea of having pitchers hit. Um, it's kind of nerdy and I don't know, but I've always liked the small ball element of the game and it's I've always pictured like the National League and the American League. Like the National League is playing shots while the American League is playing checkers. I think it adds another element with like double switches and sacrifice bonds and just like things uh, Managers in the National League I have to think about that American League managers have never think about. And I think that's uh, quite advantageous in like, the World Series where um, like Dave Roberts would have a lot of uh, experience managing that situation compared to, like us say, an Aaron Boone, who's only been in the American League. And I just always thought that was interesting. But, like um, I said, I was shocked was going back to it. And and I kind of agree with you guys' at this point that I would like to see NBA um, probably so that, um. Two reasons, like you said, um uh, <laughs> my talk just came down here. Um, one reason, uh, obviously the offense. We'd like we'd love to see the offense. Um, and then two, I really don't want to see pitchers get hit, uh injured, like stepping on first base and like hyper sending their knee or something like that. Uh, just those fluke injuries are not worth it by any means for sacrifice bombs or anything like that. So uh yeah, I would like to see the university come back again. Um I would uh surprise it was here.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean like yeah, I mean I I thought that they this is something that they were stuck with. I really thought that they were stuck with that honestly. Uh because of, you know, the fans the fans wanted it. The uh the fans wanted the DH, the fans uh cried for it. They got it finally and then they revert back to it uh and but obviously, like, you know, the powers that be at Major League Baseball, they're the ones making the final decision. Uh, you know, like uh, John, uh, like John said, um, uh, you know, if we had our way, like we if we had our way, we'd give what we wanted. But we're not getting our way anytime soon, uh, sadly. But uh, with that being said, I mean, uh my last thing I want to talk about from twenty twenty rules into twenty twenty one, they have decided not to expand the postseason like they did in twenty twenty, and I just want to know your opinions on that. And John, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I, I I like this. I don't I don't want to see
2: I don't want teams playing just well enough because half the league gets into the playoffs, right? Okay. Um, the thing with expanded postseason though is that you know if you do have runaway clubs like let's face it, the Dodgers probably um and, and maybe the yankees ugh, right uh, it, an expanded postseason does give maybe a smaller market opportunity to, to to sneak into the playoffs and then you see you know milwaukee rallying around you know a team or cincinnati rallying around a team and i always root for the underdog but i'm not a fan of the expanded postseason you know when i grew up the divisions were even different right and it, there was even less teams then and it's it, Postseason baseball is something that should be a privilege, right? You get 162 games, and if you're that good, then you make the playoffs. But, like, oh, we're only going to play good enough just to get in, you know. I know nobody thinks that way, but, you know, you see later down the stretch where teams are, we're going to rest these guys because the playoffs are coming up. we are got our September call-ups, blah, 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 right? Just play hard all year, and you're going to get rewarded for it. Smaller playoffs.
0: John? I love having, John, you bring up uh, fantastic points there. And it reminds me of conversations I have with my dad, actually, about stuff like this. Mainly because, like like you said, you know, the uh, the postseason, uh, like expanding the postseason, like I'm not, I was fine with it in 2020 because of the pandemic and everything. But uh, going back on what you said, like you said, the postseason, like it's not what it is, not like what it was like when you were, like when you were growing up or even my dad, like. The uh, um the champ- the uh, championship series, uh the pennants, uh like the pennant was decided by the top two teams in each league up until nineteen sixty nine until they decided to finally put together a uh, championship series, uh with that. And then the division series wasn't added until the nineteen 19- until nineteen ninety five. So we see like what like me and Nick have grown up with the current format of the playoffs where you have witnessed where you have witnessed um uh, the uh the where you like witnessed the division series being brought in and uh so you've seen the expansion technically twice because of the expanded postseason last season and going back on how my dad talks about like my dad actually grew up uh he was my dad my dad was born in the 60s so like he actually grew up uh with the two teams, top two teams, going to the World Series without any postseason. And so he saw the postseason expand not twice and then with this expanded postseason. So I do, like, see where you're coming from. And, I you know, playing half ass like, to start the season and then, you know, do a late-season charge, I've never, like— really been a fan of either, in my opinion. Like, you know, play hard, uh, you'll get what you you'll get rewarded. So, I, you know, you make very good, strong points there. Nick, I will go into you with that. Uh, what do you think there? Well, I guess I'm in
3: the minority on this one. I, I was a fan of it that, uh, last year, but um, like you said, because of the pandemic, I think it was much more fitting with short season, for sure. Um, and last year, um, I liked the setup, um... But it would have been a real shame to be, like, a number one or two seed, like, let's say the Dodgers, and then you get knocked out in three games. Let's say the Marlins, who just skipped in. Like, don't get me wrong, I would love that. The Dodgers get knocked out but like that. But, uh, man, that was tough. You win, like, 100 games in a season and then lose to an 83-win team. Win team. <laughs> so, like, that would be great. Um, I, I wouldn't be against I like the current setup with the two wildcard teams that playoff, off like, um, and it's all about money, and I think if they can make more money uh, adding another postseason uh, team or two, I think they would. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't it be like, interesting to see, like, let's say, the top one or two teams, like maybe the NFL, so don't get a buy and then, uh, I don't know, do like, a, a battle six, uh, to get to that, just so, like let's say, a 100-win team doesn't get knocked out by a team that only wins 80-something games. I mean, that would be a shame. Um, but I don't know. That's something I would like to see. I do like the, that one game wildcard. card. Those are always fun to watch. But um, maybe one or two of those games, or like one or two more, or maybe maybe that a three game series. Who knows? But um, that's kind of where I see it going in the future. Um, but you know, it'll be fun to have those wildcard games back this year.
0: Yeah, I yeah, it will be fun to have those wild card games back. Uh, and I'm not totally against expanded postseason. I I really am not. I mean, like I said, it was good last year. I'm just not a fan. Like I said, like I just said, I want to reiterate, I'm not a fan of teams kind of like playing half ass, and then like when the trade deadline comes, like you know they're at or at five hundred or just below five hundred, and they're trying to figure out if they're a pretender or contender. Uh so it. Yeah, that's a big
3: thing that. It, the two wild card games really killed the trade deadline because nobody wants to make a trade to give up because they're only like three games out with a couple months left and they all feel like they're in it even though they're really not so
2: that's a very good
0: point exactly and i don't know if you remember but like we had a conversation just like that like uh like a couple times and like i i've never like really been a fan of that because like you know you could have say like uh the Angel like the Angels could be like just at the five hundred threshold, like one game out of a wild card spot, and they could try to make a push, but eventually just not make the postseason because they completely, you know, you know, just completely like pooped the bed, uh, in September. And then you look at, it, it's like, oh, why'd they make that move? Like, you know, that we, you know, my team could have used that player or somebody else. It would have made more sense if they went somewhere else or anything like that. So that's like why I'm not a fan of expanded postseason, but I would be a fan of expanded postseason just because like, you know, it would be as a Yankees fan, you know, I don't want to see my team go out in the first round every year, obviously. Um, uh, but like it would kind of be funny in a way if I saw like, you know, teams like the Dodgers or like or or kinda of, or the or you know, the Mets are or the Mets are projected to do really well. Like I could see them losing in the first round to like, you know, a eighty like an eighty three win team, uh, like the Marlins or somebody like that, depending on like how seating is and whatnot. So that would be funny to see. Painful if I as a Yankees fan. But uh, off of that, I just want to move into our final thing here, and I just want to do some rapid-fire predictions. Oh,
3: there, was one, there was one other rule. Hold on. Wasn't there one other rule you didn't talk about?
0: No, there was no one other rule. I had yeah. those things as notes.
3: Yeah, but the extra innings were around talking basically. What do you
0: guys think about that? That's staying. That is staying. I'm fine with it. I, I in, the regular, it. in the regular season, yeah, I'm fine with it. with it. Uh, John, how about you?
2: Yeah, I'm fine
0: with it. You know, uh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, the game. Speed up the game, right? Speed up the game, right? Uh, but I just yeah. want to go into. Lo- yeah, I just want to go into some rapid fire predictions here. Uh, AL MVP, Nick. Who do you got? Just, just name somebody. I'm gonna
3: go with. I'm gonna go with the guy who has as many home runs as Jake Arrieta in the
0: postseason. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. There you go. John, what about you? Mike Trout. Uh, No, I like old guys, and I know it's not going to happen, but Jose Abreu is really good, so I'm glad he got it last year, and I hope his seasons continue to be good. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I see where you're coming from. Nick, uh, I'm going to go with Nick on this one. I'm going to go with Trout. NLMVP, John, who are you picking? Um, NLMVP, you
2: know, I uh, I don't know. I like the old guys, right? So Freeman got it last year, and I I, I like the the old guys
0: raking. So Freddie Freeman. (laughs) Freddie Freeman again. Nick, how about you?
3: I am gonna go with a shout out to my brother's team, the Washington Nationals,
0: Juan Soto. You're stealing my predictions here, man! You're stealing my predictions. I had one, it was a toss up between Juan Soto or Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, just so I don't have to agree with you, I will uh, go with Fernando Tatis Jr. But uh, if I had, if you didn't steal mine, I would take it Soto. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Who do you think, uh, Nick? My go starting pitcher
3: from the Cleveland Pitching Factory, Tristan McKenzie.
0: Okay, good. Nice. John, what about you? What are you thinking?
2: I'm actually going to go with the guy who's in the Orioles organization, Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, He's got a huge bat, and the Orioles need a huge bat because Chris Davis is – why is Chris Davis still in baseball? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, with, with like 30 games with Baltimore last year, he hit 330. And before that in, in the minors he just killed the ball, right? He strikes out a lot, but uh, I like
0: Ryan Mountcastle. Both good solid picks there. Both good solid picks. I'm going to go with the kid in the Seattle Mariners organization, Jared Kalenich, uh top 15 overall pro- uh prospect in uh, top 15 prospect in this He uh did he see, he did get hurt? Did he really? Hopefully. Hopefully, I mean yeah, like I did he get hurt? Like I knew he, I knew he had some pro. I knew he had a problem, but I didn't think it was too serious. But I think if he can bounce back from the injury, yeah. I think he'll still get it. Um, uh, NL rookie of the year. Who do you guys think? Uh, John, I'll start with you. I'm giving a shout out to a native of Albany, New York, from uh Sheninda, Sheninda, Sheninda something or other high school where McGregor went. Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson. I like that pick, Nick. What about you? That is someone
3: I had on my radar, but don't. Uh... You yeah, know, you guys
0: are gonna really be shocked by this one. I heard this pitcher out of E three. He's a lefty. Uh, he's currently one and zero on the year. He's six we got a WHIP of one point zero. Got six strikeouts. But that's pretty good. He's gonna be assigned with the San Francisco Giants. Anthony Brophy. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Anthony Brophy on that one. Shout out to Brophy. Yeah, Brophy will be rookie of the year, and he'll be a he'll be a unit. Division three powerhouse, St. John Fisher Cardinals. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um uh with that be uh with that there boys, uh I'm going to uh yeah, honestly, I you know I, I like Ian Anderson. Um uh I really want to see how Haysong Kim does in San Diego coming from Japan. Uh. I think Ian Anderson has a good shot at NL rookie of the year though, so I'm gonna go with John there. Uh NL uh AL manager of the year, uh who do you guys have? Tony Larusa. Tony Larusa. okay, Nick, what about you? Uh, Bob, <laughs> Melvin, the Bob Melvin, the ace. Charlie Montoyo, Toronto. I think the Blue Jays will be a dark horse. He'll take them as far as they can go, uh, in, in this season. NL manager of the year. Is that me? Yeah, bo- any of you. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say whoever wins the NL manager of the year is
3: gonna come out
0: of the National League The champion, whoever wins the
3: division.
0: And a little sneak for you, it's going to be Ryan Knitkel from the Atlanta Braves. All right, uh, John, what about you there? I like
2: Donnie Baseball.
0: Donnie Baseball, I like it. I love Donnie Baseball. Uh, my dad's favorite ball, My dad's favorite player, actually. Uh, the I'm going to go with Jace Tingler, San Diego. I feel like you know he can take uh, San Diego many good places. I mean, they did wonderful last season. They can only go up from here. Okay, so division winners. Uh, I want to start off with the National League. Uh, who, uh, John, who do you think will win the divisions uh, in the National League this season? Yeah, so National
2: League division winners, I, I well, I, I also am not a huge Dodger fan, but I think it's super clear in the West that the, the Dodgers will win the division. Although the Padres, I, you know, but I, I sometimes I think the Dodgers are just kind of unstoppable. So in the West, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Uh, in, in the central, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Right. I just, I don't know. Um, but it's always safe to say the Cardinals, (laughs) right. (laughs) So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I I like the the Cubs. I like the Brewers, but it's, I think it's safe with the Cardinals. Um, and then in the, the NL East, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Nationals. I just think, I think the Nationals, they're good. Right. Especially with Soto the, the pitching, it's uh, the national, you know, it's good.
0: It is, it is. The NL East is a very tough uh, division to actually choose a winner, So, uh, uh, but I'll go into my predictions after Nick gives his. Nick, uh, what about you in terms of the National League division winners? Who do you think will win them this season? All right, I'll start
3: with the West as well. I also think the Dodgers just because they always win it. Um, I think the Padres made some improvements for sure, but I'm uh, not sold on them yet. Uh off Central, I'm gonna I think all these teams are kinda mediocre. Like they're like the Cardinals, the Brewers and the Cubs are pretty decent. Even the Reds they lost a couple guys. Um a bit weird off season. But I'm gonna pick Cards. Um none of those teams are that great. They'll be competitive but not great. Um and then in the east, this is like the best division in baseball, I think. Uh, it's pretty loaded. Uh the Marlins are the Dark Horse Phillies. Ryan, and Phillies aren't the best, but, you know, you can make the case for them as well. They're not going to win. Sorry, Ryan. Um, the Nationals, I really like the Nationals, but I don't think they're going to win. I mean, it comes down to the Berets and Mets, and like I said
0: before, I'm going to take the Berets win this division. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm actually agreeing with Nick on all of my predictions here. I think the Dodgers are going to win the West, so, as well as both of you had said. Uh, the cards are pretty much a safe bet in the Central. Uh, like Nat Leo, um it's always safe to pick the cards in the Central, honestly, because, I mean, obviously it's not going to be Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. Uh, the Pirates, in my opinion, are practically a mob, are, are a mob front at this point. They're just giving away everybody for the most part, um, uh, which is just sad to see, honestly. But, uh, uh, you know, cards are a safe pick, like I said. Um, it'll, it'll be a close division, in my opinion, between them and Milwaukee, um, but I think the Cards have the edge over Milwaukee. And like like you said, uh, in terms of the NL East, I mean, both of you make very strong cases to pick your teams. Um, the Nationals, they have Soto. They, uh, they have Soto. They have good pitching. Uh, the Mets, with all the moves they've made, uh, they look like they're going to uh, contend not just for the NL East crown, but they also look like they they if they if they play their cards right and everything you know falls into place for them, they can contend for the NL pennant maybe. Uh, not this season, but maybe a couple in at least two seasons. But the Braves stand out above above the rest in my opinion you know Acuna Freddie Freeman uh you know a couple MVP picks right there uh the pitching is pretty well too I mean you know like uh, Ian Anderson is a stud uh the rest of the starting five the rest of the starting five is pretty good as well and they have a de- and they have a pretty decent bullpen as well uh so I'm just gonna take the Braves, um, there, um, but with that being said, I just want to go into the uh, American League division picks. And, uh, Nick, I'll actually start with you. Who do you think, like, will win the divisions in the American League? Is that me? That's you, yes. It's cut off when you say my name. I don't know why. Um, all right, I'm going to start with the East. I'm going to go with the Yankees to win
3: the East. Um, I'm going to go with the Twins in the Central. And I'm going to take the A's in the West.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, what about you, John?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty similar there. I'm going with the A's in the West. I think the A's are a good baseball team, and I, I like Bob Melvin a lot, and people seem to rally around him really well, right? So I, I, the A's, it's it's a good choice. In the Central, um, I, I want to say that the Detroit Tigers have improved, <laughs> but they have not. So, uh, you know, but again, I also think – like, like Nick was saying before about the NL Central, I also think that the AL Central is pretty mediocre. But the safe bet is the Twins, right? So I'm going to go with the Twins there. We'll see what happens. Although I'm mad at them because they broke up with us and moved their farm club to St. Paul, right? But the, the Twins are a pretty safe bet. And then for the AL East, like, I hate the Yankees, so I cannot say the Yankees. So I'm going to go with the Blue Jays.
0: That's fine. That's perfectly fine there. I mean, the Blue Jays are certainly not... The The Blue Jays are certainly like a contender with everything that they have for them with their pitching. The young talent mixed with the experience. Uh, they could very much well cont- take the division if everything falls and falls right for them in terms of that um, with their... Uh, but, you know, I'm pretty much the same with you guys. Uh, the A's for the West... Um, like you said, John, everybody likes to rally around Bob Melvin. Uh, and the A's are a pretty good ball club overall. Uh, I see I see them I see them uh, taking the West uh, from the Astros this season. Um the Central, in my opinion, like it's kind of like the NL Central. both central divisions. Why are they crapshoots for crying out loud? Like, you know, taking the safe bet always. Um, hey, don't, don't hate
3: them in the AL
0: Central. <laughs> the East runs through Cleveland though, so they might as well just be in the East at this point. It's a
3: sneaky competitive
0: division. Um, hey, it is a um, sneaky no. competitive division, but like it's sneaky it's even, compe- like competitive. It's sneaky competitive, like the NFC NFC East is sneaky competitive in terms of how garbage. Well, it's not no. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> totally different, but Don't um. Uh, I mean, they're not
3: bad either.
0: Yeah, I know the Royals are not bad. On the Royals are not bad. I mean, no team. I mean. No team, in my opinion, honestly, is... They're, going com- they're not going anywhere but they're bad. They're, they're not... Like, no team in the Central, like, you know, is actually, like, completely awful, in my opinion. Johnny, like, you know, uh, uh, you know even your Tigers, like, I think they've made some improvements, um, uh, especially with uh, hiring the ma- the che- the former cheating manager of the Houston Astros, AJ, A.J. Hinch. I do not like that move, by the way. I think he belongs out of baseball, um, uh, but, uh, the Tigers making that move. I mean, you know, up until the cheating scandal, like, you know, it wasn't like he did, he does have a good, he did have a good baseball mind. So, I mean, hopefully he has learned from his cheating ways, but, um, uh, and can rally the troops there in Detroit. But, uh, I do think that, uh, the White Sox will actually win the division there. Uh, it will be tough, it'll be tough between them and the twins, honestly, um, I really, you know, Nick, I I feel bad for you as an Indians fan. It's going to be a, it's going to be uh it's going to be a season like, you know, of ups and downs in the uh Central. Uh so, but you know, anything can happen. Ha- anything can happen in that division. And then obviously in the uh, AL East, I am definitely taking the Boston Red Sox, and if you believe me there, then then there's problems. Uh the New York Yankees are winning this division in my opinion. Um their rotation has improved heavily uh bringing resigning dj LeMayu has been tri- has been just tremendous i'm glad that he resigned um it's just a matter of uh, the injury bug the yankees have had injury problems uh over the past couple season seasons particularly with aaron judge and john carlos stanton but uh, mainly more with judge it seems like when he's out of the lineup they do have uh, problems there um but we'll just see what happens with the East. Uh, if the Blue Jays do win it, uh, if the if the Blue Jays do win it, you know, I'm wrong. As long as the Yankees make the postseason, I'm fine with that. Would love to see them take the division though. Uh, but while I want to move on to the wild card uh, predictions, uh, what do you th- who do you think will take the spots in the wild card for the NL? Nick, start with you. Yes, okay.
3: uh, I'm going to say the San Diego. Padres will take on the other team from New York,
0: the New York Mets. Do you want to win it right now or no? Huh? Do you want to win it right now or no? No, I no 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 uh, no not a winner right now. Just who would be in the uh, wild just to okay. be the two wildcard teams there. Okay. So you have the San Diego Padres and the New York Mets taking the two wildcard spots uh, for the postseason. John, what about you?
2: I, you know, I I I I can't name teams, Jeremy. I I just can't do it because I I just don't know yet. But I would think in the NL, the wild card teams, they're definitely coming out of the West or the East, right? So the Padres are are a great choice. The Mets are also great. Yeah. So I'm I'm on board with that, but I I just can't be comfortable saying teams yet.
0: Okay, that's completely fair and understandable there. Uh, I'm actually going to agree with both of you. Padres, uh, obviously they, if they don't win the West, they will definitely become be a wild one of the wild card teams. and also the other team will come out of the east, uh, either the Nationals or the Mets. I think that the Mets will just have enough to get by uh, the Nationals and take that second wild card spot. Uh, should be you know that would be that that should be an intriguing game matchup between the two of them when they would meet, if they meet there obviously. Uh, AL wild card. I uh, just want to talk about that. I'll move on to there. Uh, John, if you don't want to pick, you don't have to. Um, uh, but uh, I've I, I've got two AL wild cards. Right, the first AL wild card is the Detroit Tigers, <laughs> and the second AL wild card is the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so oh. Detroit. <laughs> so Detroit is uh, taking on Baltimore in the wild card. Uh, that is a bold prediction right there. I will mark that Mark that down, mark that down. I will mark that down there. Uh, Nick, who do you have coming out of the uh, wild for the wild card in the AL? I have the Houston Astros
3: and the Cleveland Indians, led by Shane Beaver, Cy Young Award and Jose Ramirez, MVP finalist. Uh, don't sleep. They still got Taytar and They got Eddie Rosario. They made a lot of moves. They made some economic moves. in this economy, that's what you got to do. So I'm going to take the Cleveland Indians in the second wild card spot. And I fully, fully believe that. The White Sox, they're a fraud. Lance Lynn it was a terrible signing uh, or trade. I don't even know what it was. Um, no, I don't believe in the White Sox whatsoever. It's going to be the Indians in the second wild card spot. Maybe only with 87 wins or whatever, but they're going to get there.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I love it. You have your teams going into the wild card. I love it. Both of you, you know, the AL Central is going to be heavily represented potentially in the play in the postseason. Uh, I'm taking the Astros, uh, there for the first wild card spot. And I think that the Minnesota twins will take the second, uh, just because like, you know, like I said, both teams will compete for their respective divisions, but they'll just fall short. um, I do want to say this about Cleveland. I do think that they will, you know, they will compete. They will be a competitive team, even though the uh, ownership uh, is trying not to make them a competitive team, uh, with the economic decisions that they have made. Um, in terms of that, I do think that they will be competitive. Um, but with that being said, I do want to move on to um. Uh, with that being said, who do you think uh, takes the uh, NL? Who do you think takes the AL and NL crowns? Uh, John, I will start with you. Who do you think takes the NL crown?
2: I am confident that a baseball team from the National League and a baseball team from the American League will make the World Series this year. <laughs>
0: That is a bold take right there. Are you are are you sure that? A- <laughs> well, I mean, it's just so it's just so early, right? And there's so many free radicals
2: out there. But I mean, if I have to nail down teams, go into the World Series. I, as much as I hate to say it, it's going to be the Dodgers again, and and probably the Yankees.
0: Okay. Okay. John, I do want to apologize. I feel like I'm putting you in uncomfortable positions with you making these predictions. Uh, it's just something I figured I thought we'd do, you know, you know, with the season coming up, you know, I, uh, you know, my opinion, it's never too early. It's never too early to make predictions. I mean, we're seeing predictions like right after the world series uh, of what the odds are going to be for them. I mean, literally 10 minutes after the Dodgers won, they were already talking about how they were odds on favorites to win in 2021. And it's crazy, but, uh, Uh, Nick, what about you? Who takes the AL crown and who takes the NL crown?
3: Well, Jerry, uh, it's funny you ask. Um, For all the Jerry's World listeners out there that might not know this, Jerry has the ability to name any World Series uh, matchup in history. So, Jerry, my World Series matchup this year, you're going to tell everyone, my World Series matchup is a rematch of the year...
0: 2000. Subway series between the Yankees and the Mets, where, well, Nick, if you're going with that matchup, are you going with the same result in uh, 2000, where the Yankees beat the Mets by uh, four games to one? Or are you going to have a reversal of 2000 and take the Mets? You know what, Jerry?
3: I've been hearing a lot of good things about the Mets camp this year. They got Francisco Lindor, Mr. Smile. They're going to go from the wild card, get hot, go all the way to the World Series, and fall short to the New York Yankees. They got to win one in one of these years. So I think this is the year the Yankees
0: won. Okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, before I go into my uh, predictions for the AL and NL crowns and who wins the World Series, John, uh, well, is a team from the American League winning, or is a team from the National League winning? Well, you're gonna you're gonna think I'm I'm
2: silly again, but you know. The answer of who wins the World Series is all of us, right? Because it's a full baseball season, right? And we're having a little bit of a return to normalcy. So whoever wins, it's a win for the country because baseball is back in, in its fullness.
0: John, I do not think that is a silly answer. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, last season when there were fans at Globe Life Field, uh, for not only the National League Championship Series but for the World Series, I had that gave me some sense of hope that things were going to get better as the months went on, and hopefully by October, whoever has the World Series, whoever's in the World Series, those stadiums will be full. I hope because just based on vaccination numbers and. And the positivity rate continues to decrease. I think that by, you know, actually, I think by late summer, I think by August, stadiums could be full. Uh, so that would be a huge win for all of us there when the World Series happens, just to see America's pastime in, in all its glory. And, uh, Nick. Yeah, I'm going to talk, you know, with Nick taking the Mets in the World Series, I just want to bring up something that happened in the 2015 World Series. uh, when the Mets last made an appearance there, Uh, when Billy Joel was in in attendance, they ended up like singing Piano Man at the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that. But uh, I hope something like that could happen if the Mets make the if the Mets do make the World Series or you know whatever local if a musician you know comes out they can just sing a song just so I don't have to hear Joe Buck and whoever calls the game with him for a half inning or or whatever because as much as Buck does a good job I I get sick of hearing his voice once in a while. Jerry Ansel, do you
3: think
0: he would make an appearance or something? Jerry Seinfeld? I he mean, should like a skit. mean He to? should do, a comedy skit. Him and Billy Crystal should do a comedy What's skit that? together if there's what a Subway Series. with these people? <laughs> 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 um, but in terms of my predictions for who takes the N- AL and NL crown and wins the World Series, um, it is a baseball team from California that will go to the World Series, but it is not the Dodgers. I think the Padres may actually go to the World Series. Bold very bold i think the padres uh i think they could i think they will beat the dodgers in the nlcs i think uh if the if the cards are right um you know and if everything works out i think they could take the dodgers in a seven game series and beat them to go to the world series and out of the nl yeah i'm gonna be biased here uh the new york yankees are going to the world series they will try they will make the fall classic for the first time in 12 years Pains me to say that. Very much pains me to say that. I know it doesn't pain John to say, for me to, to hear that. Um, uh, but, yeah. um, I do think that the New York Yankees will finally win the World Series for the first time since 2009. Uh, in a rematch of the 1998 Fall Classic. Although this time they won't win. Uh, they won't clinch the World Series on the road. They'll clinch it at home. Uh, I think they'll beat the Padres in uh, six games in that and, you know, we can re- revisit that when the time comes. Uh, my last uh, thing that I want to go into, last couple of things, are uh, who wins each Cy Young Award and uh, what do you think uh, full stadiums will happen or not. Uh, Cy Young for the American League. Uh, who do you have, John? Oh,
2: Cy Young for the American League. I'm I'm glad you asked this
0: because it wasn't on your notes that I had here, but I'm so glad you asked it. I and forgot about gonna it. you're going to laugh at me. You're going to laugh at me. But hear me out, right? Okay. I'm hearing you out? My, my dark horse
2: Cy Young for the American lead is Felix Hernandez, right? Bold. Because if if he puts up any type of King Felix numbers for the Orioles, right? Yeah, he's got to be in contention for the Cy Young because the Orioles are just that bad. <laughs> That maybe King Felix will give them a little bit of something to hope for, right? So that's my dark horse, A.L. Cy Young, Felix Hernandez.
0: That is very bold. I, I I see where you're coming from. I mean, King, if King Felix puts up any type of any type of good numbers, if he could if he could have an above 500 record and and a sub ERA of uh, an ERA around three, and a, if he could have an ERA around three and a half. I feel like, you know, that would be you know, that could pretty much put him in contention for as a dark horse uh just because the Orioles are awful. Uh I I'm not I, I love it. I'm not going to lie. I love the dark horse there. I, you know, it intrigues me. It's got me well, thinking.
2: I'm going to be honest with you though I have about a good enough chance of winning the Cy Young as that does happening.
0: Right? Yeah, so, so do I. And I can't. Brophy has it. And he's not even in. Uh, he has well, he's a
2: super, He is a Do not let Grace hear you say that. No, well, <laughs>
0: Brophy is, Broph isn't pitching in the majors. He's only pitching at, at a D3 level right now. i 200-pound so. out of North
3: Carolina, London, undrafted, free agent right now. <laughs> totally <on>, fine. Super senior. <laughs>
0: Super senior. When you say super senior, that just makes it sound awful. But given the situation of the pandemic and everything... <laughs> Nick, you're t- you taking Brove to win the Cy Young? No,
3: well, I figured that you could go to the National League. But, no, um, Ameri- American League, yeah, like Jonathan, you didn't tell us you were going to do
0: this. Well, um, I forgot I in my apologize. notes. I made a mistake exactly. there. I do apologize.
3: Okay. Um. Uh, off the cuff let's
0: go with um uh, i don't even know I, I don't want to say shane beaver again but like that's the only person that comes to my mind Garrett Cole. Uh, i'll just shane beaver i think it's easy way out darn i heard a little voice in my head that told he that said garrett cole but uh yeah that
3: little voice in my head
0: that said garrett cole No, i knew you were going to take him i wasn't going to say him <laughs> garrett cole i mean It's not just because I'm a Yankees fan. I feel like Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I wouldn't have a problem with Shane Bieber winning the AL Cy Young Award again because Shane Bieber is a dominant pitcher. But I feel like this is the year that Cole gets his Cy Young Award. Um, He should have had it when he was with the Astros, in my opinion. Uh, But I was okay with Verlander having it uh, as well because he just had a great season then too. But I feel like this is Garrett Cole's time and... I also, this is a bold take here, too. Uh, if I, I feel like if Garrett Cole does not win the uh, Cy Young Award this season, I feel like it he just may not win one. But that's a bold take there. That is a very bold take. Um, uh, NL Cy Young Award winner, uh, who do, uh, who do you guys have? Uh, Nick, I'll start with you. Jacob Degrom. Okay, John. I'm
2: going to go with Scherzer.
0: Max Scherzer. Okay. 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 It's a good pick. It's a good pick. I'm going to go with Nick on this one. Jacob DeGrom. The only thing that stops Jacob DeGrom from winning the Cy Young. Boo. Don't tell me what to do. Oh, God. It's my show. But honestly, the only thing that stops Jacob DeGrom from winning it is if Jacob DeGrom gets injured, honestly. Um, Now, that I mean, he finally is on a team that can contend, too, which is nice. You know, nice to see that as well. So, uh, good for. Uh, hopefully the ground can uh, you know, stay continue his dominance uh, in terms of pitching and take another Cy Young award. Uh, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have a problem with Scherzer taking it either. Uh, so full stadiums. Last thing I just want to talk about there. Full stadiums. Do they happen eventually? Yes. No. Uh, John, what do you think? Um. Ah, full stadiums. Uh, you know. Um, it. Let me answer it this way. In Tampa Bay, no, <laughs> but no.
2: I mean, I want to. I want to have full stadiums. I want. I want baseball to be fully open again. I, I don't. I don't think so this season, right? Maybe next year once we understand vaccine and how long it's going to take, and blah blah blah. But maybe, maybe not this year. Um, but at least half capacity, I, I would think so. So, but the cool thing is, like, here is the thing. You know, we were talking about the Blue Jays way earlier right and playing at their stadium in in florida like if they play there and that that place only holds like eighty five hundred people and they're only they're only allowing in like 23 or 2400 people for spring training but if they expand it even a little bit for a major league game you know you're getting really good sight lines really good experience really good stuff to a major league baseball game so i'm just a fan of having some people there
0: yes but yeah Oh, yeah, I see where you're coming from there. I mean, yeah, the, the vaccine and the information and everything, you know, it all depends on like what it all depends on how things continue to go. And yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm I'm just glad in general that fans will be at stadiums for to watch these games, you know, just be part of the experience there. Um, So it's just a matter of like seeing what happens there. But Nick, what about you? Full stadiums this season? Yes or no?
3: Yeah, they they are an onset. Texas is having 100% capacity, like right off the get go. They are all surprisingly required to wear masks. Um, I don't understand why. They're, I mean, I know why they making them wear masks, but like coming out of Texas, it's just weird how they're going to go <laughs> drastically to 100% right away, uh, yet still make them wear masks. So, like, I don't know. I figured they would start at like 25% and no mask being Texas, but. Yeah, I, I was surprised
0: I came out right away. Yeah, I mean, Texas, Texas is a weird state in general. I mean, most of the south is to be honest. Uh, anybody that listens to podcasts if they even know about this podcast down south, uh, don't you know, take it for what you want. I, I I don't care to be honest, uh, but uh I I'm I'm not I was surprised about that uh with te- with uh Texas there doing that. Um Florida, the state of Florida with the Marlins and the, and the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, they don't have to worry about having full capacity at any point during the season. I mean, they couldn't even sell out, even not in a pandemic, uh, uh, just because, well, the Marlins were awful and, uh, well, the Trop is a dumpster fire. Who would actually want to go there? Um, uh, but uh, I think we'll have full stadiums eventually. I don't, obviously not now. Uh, they'll continue, they'll start out with uh, anywhere from 10 to 30% capacity. Uh, as the season progresses, from what I've been following, I know that the vaccine should be available to everybody by May. Um, And by the time everybody gets vaccinated, they are trying to get it. They plan on hoping to have everybody, almost, almost everybody vaccinated by July. Uh, so July is like right in the middle of the season, the all-star break uh, uh coming around. So I think maybe not August, but I'm once September comes like towards the end of summer, once we get into fall stadiums could be at full capacity. If everybody plays their cards right and continues to uh, follow the guidelines as we've been going and continues just to, you know, go, 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 go the path that we've been going. But uh I have nothing else to add there. Um, I mean, uh, do either of you have any final thoughts uh, on any of this? No final thoughts. No final thoughts. All right. Well, no. Just,
2: just remember that there is no crying in baseball.
0: (laughs) You play ball like a girl. Well, that's not such a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. There is nothing wrong with playing ball like a girl. I there is no, nothing
2: I, I am I am eager to get this baseball season started. I am eager to watch some baseball. I am eager to play a little baseball with my kids. It it it, it it's a it's a welcome part of twenty twenty one and in, in recovery from, you know, where we've been in the past year. So play ball.
0: Exactly, play ball. I'm looking forward to the season. I mean, season starts. Season's gonna start in a few days. Uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, like you said, watching it on TV. Hopefully, uh, being able to watch it in the stands, uh, whether it's a Red Wings game here for me in Rochester, if, or if I go back out to Buffalo to catch a Bison's game, or if I decide to go catch a Major League game, depending on how things are going um uh, but yeah no I mean I thank both of you for coming on I thank McGregor for coming on as well and with that being said I mean I'm just going to conclude it and like you both said play ball